0: will be a lot of other first-timers that will join us through this Christmas season. I mean, that's just an opportunity, though, for that we are inviting people that we've invited before again and again, but again, given the opportunity, especially during Christmas season, and even sometimes some people will come just to see the new pastor. Maybe only once, but, you know, <laughs> they'll come. So I, I hope that you will invite, we'll see some new people coming this Christmas season, which is why it's also important that we have uh, a great welcome team welcoming the guests here. I know we had a number here, and if that's something that you haven't signed up to be a part of, I would encourage you to do it. I know that we can do it individually, uh, informally, but hopefully you have opportunity to to be a part of this ministry of welcoming people of, of really witnessing the love of Jesus to people as they come new here. Uh, you can talk to Wendy about it. you could send us an email or anything like that, just being a part of that. If you love people, if you're able to smile, uh, and uh, uh, how many of you are able to smile? Let's see it. Okay, there's a few that are having trouble with that. Uh, So just encourage you uh, with that. Maybe you even have that, especially those who have the gift of hospitality, and sometimes uh, you can't, like right now, it's difficult for us to practice hospitality to people here because our house isn't here. Uh, But you can practice it in God's house, right? We want to turn to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 12. And that's what it's going to say up on the screen there. And uh, I can do that without the PowerPoint. Let's read this together. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? And we saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, in all Jerusalem with them. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Christ was to be born, in Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this was what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for... This time of year for us that helps us to remember uh, not only of your first coming, but that you are coming again. I would just ask this morning that you would speak. And that we would listen. Lord, that you would anoint me to speak your words, but you would also anoint each and every one to hear your words. I believe that you have things that you want to speak to people here today that will have nothing to do with anything I say even. But you would move. And this day, give us hope. Pour out your hope upon us. Wherever we may be at in our journey with you. Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for always helping us to hear and see you in your name we pray amen all right so one of the things at christmas time uh, that we would look forward to as kids was to go to grandma and grandpa's house uh, how many of you ever had that but for us to do that i it took a number of hours in the car to get to grandma and grandpa's house over the river and through the woods and through two little sisters that just tortured the trip the whole time, all right? But, you know, you you, want to get there. We couldn't wait to see Grandma and Grandpa, especially at Christmas time, especially since we were the only grandkids. So, you know, it was just, it was great. We want to get to Grandma. And it didn't take long for three kids so excited to get to Grandma and Grandpa's place to finally come to the point where they said those four dreaded words do you know what i'm talking about are we there yet that's right are we there yet ah now the parents were generally like many parents patient at first no we're not there yet it's about it's about 50 minutes in about 50 minutes we'll be there now, I'm not sure why parents say that to little kids because they have no concept of time. So saying in about 50, minute, 50 minutes meant nothing to us. And so just in a little while later, it didn't take long, and we said, are we there yet? He says, no, it's going to be 49 minutes now. <laughs> so you can imagine after a while, that gets old. You know, and finally, like many a parent and I know I've done this I don't know I'm assuming because I just maybe I follow in the footsteps is if I only ask one more time are we there yet no and stop asking no we are not there not yet you just have to wait we will get there when we I yeah, see everybody's heard it We will get there. When we get there, you just have to wait. And it was really hard for a little kid to wait, but you know what made it worth, what what made it easier to wait? Was you knew that you would get there. There there was no doubt that you were going to get there. And when you got there, it was worth the wait in the car just to be at grandma and grandpa's. In the same way, today in our passage, what we're looking at are, in a sense, the wise men going on a Christmas trip. Although it's not about Christmas in the way we think about it, but it is about the Christ of Christmas they're taking a trip to. It's a long trip for them. And the destination of where they are wanting to go. And yet, they were looking forward to it. There was a sense of anticipation in our passage in Matthew chapter 2, which is where most of are just going to go from. Matthew chapter 2, you see in verse 2, they are going to Jerusalem where the one who has been born king of the Jews. We, have saw, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. A little bit later in verse 11, again, it was all worth the wait for them and everything they went. It was worth the wait because they got to bow down and worship him as they opened their treasures and presented him gifts. This morning, what I hope that we would do is just kind of look through some principles of how these wise men made it that long journey to Jesus. That, in a sense, each and every one of us is probably on some kind of journey. At some point in time, we're all on some kind of journey to Jesus. It may be that there's something that God wants you to do. It may be there's somewhere somewhere that God wants you to go. It may be that it's someone that God wants you to be different than who you are right now. And you find yourself on a journey. You may find yourself on a journey seeking God's will for your life. I, I really want to know what God's will. And hopefully. In this Christmas season, we join the wise men in having that journey to Jesus. But here's the thing. It's kind of the, the theme today, so to speak. Whatever journey you are on, wherever you're at, however it's gone or not gone, there is hope. There is hope. In the longest, hardest journey, there is hope. Because every journey to Jesus... Is always worth the wait. Whatever God is bringing you through. Whatever you're going through with him. In the end. You have this hope. To keep on. Keeping on. Because it is always worth the wait. How do we make it to our destination then? When the road isn't easy. We're going to look at three ways this morning. How we are going to do that? And the first way is let's be like those who are wise and keep pressing on. The first way in this destination, wherever God has you, whatever he's leading you through, the first thing we need to keep in mind is to keep pressing on. It's amazing that these wise men would be so certain even to leave and, and come on this journey to begin with. And I think most of us, when we start something for God and when we're, we're trying to go and do what He wants us to do or whatever it is, we start gung-ho about it. It's like, yeah. But then somewhere along the way, it's like, oh. And we, we, we find it difficult. For the wise men, it may not just have been that star, that miraculous, never-before-seen star. I think we, we don't know a whole story about them. But it seems that they were learned men of some kind. That's why we call them wise men. And they probably knew a lot about a lot of things all over the world in different religions, including perhaps they knew about the Hebrew Scriptures and the prophecies of the Messiah that was to come. And without all the religious things in their way, they could see clearly that this child that was to be born They call the king of the Jews, not in the sense of a worldly sense, but in a sense of a spiritual. And this is who they were going to see. But that's what got them going. What kept them going? On what would have been an expensive, long, hard journey. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like most men... They probably didn't mind just sitting back and enjoying the journey. It wasn't doesn't matter to them when they get there. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, All the women should be like, what? What? I mean, they they were wise, but they were also men. Let's face it. And there had to be a time in their coming and uh, so far that they had to travel that somebody at least thought, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I mean, come on. They would have been a, on a very slow journey. I, I don't think we realize how slow it would have gone because in our minds we picture wise men on camels. You know, we don't know that. They have no idea that the wise men were coming across in camels. For all that matters, let's just assume they really did, because you're kind of picturing that in the, in the context of history. And they came on camels, and they would have been in this caravan. It wouldn't have just been, by the way, three uh, people riding along on camels. It would have been this whole caravan coming along. And as this caravan was traveling along, guess what? There would have been some people, more likely servants, who would have walked the whole way which meant that journey of a thousand miles and we don't know how far it really is but it could be less or more than that but a journey of a thousand miles could only go as fast as the slowest person that's with you oh are we there yet oh you know but they were able to keep going because of the hope that they had that it was worth the wait to journey to jesus I'm not sure we fully understand how much the weight was for these wise men. I mean, we often hear when we're talking about the wise men that they were going to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But the fact is, they missed the birth of Jesus. You see, the journey took much longer for the wise men than it did for the shepherds who were out in the field nearby. But you look at verse 1 here. What's it say? The very first part. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi came to Jerusalem. In fact, not just that. Look at verse 11. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. This is the usual manger scene that we have and we show, right? That's just the picture. Except for one problem. We just read verse 11. What's it say? When the wise men came to the house, they saw the child. Not the baby. They saw a child. For some of us, if we were on this mission to go uh, be there, you know, the the, the king is born, you know, the, we'd be like, man, we're late. What's the point? What's the point? Let's just, let's just turn around this bus and let's just go back. I, 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 there's no point. But there was a point. The point wasn't for them to be there at the birth. The point wasn't necessarily even to celebrate the birth. That's not what it says, although in a sense we celebrate the birth more than once of our children. How about you guys? You know? We celebrate the birth. That's not it. What did it say they came for? They came to worship Christ. That's what they came to do. And it didn't matter when they got there. The journey to Jesus didn't have a time limit there. The journey to Jesus was just to worship. The goal, in a, in a sense, the goal of every Christmas should be that of the wise man. As much as, and I'm not saying that we put off all the rest of the things we do at Christmas, but the one thing that we should make sure happens is that we have come to worship Him. Perhaps you feel like sometimes you've been on a journey with God that just seems like forever. To the point that you're way past, are we there yet? And you're at the point where it's like, I don't think I'm ever going to get there. I don't think I'm ever going to get where I'm supposed to be or what I'm supposed to do or my life together or all these kind of things. In those moments, just like the wise men and they had to face those moments along the way, you keep pressing on. You keep. Pressing on because you know there is a hope that in the end your journey will have been worth the wait. It reminds me of our family trips that we took. Our family took uh, even before Josiah was around. Uh, we would take these, our, our three little kids to Orlando a number of times Uh on a Orlando, Florida, on a 20 plus hour marathon van drive, don't stop for much of anything. And it was long and you got tired and you wondered, are we there yet? And we knew as we made those trips, Roberta's folks would winter down there. As we made those trips down there, we had to do something. And so our strategy was like many parents, distraction. Try, what can you do to distract them? And I remember one time uh, we got this interactive book that came with a tape by the Muppets. Okay? Uh, the, the Muppets. And, and the tape had these songs. And it was great. We put that tape in there. We were playing. How many of you, you know, some of your kids' tapes? They were like, you know. <laughs> try to describe what that is. Uh, ask your parents. Okay. So anyway, you put the tape in, and we're listening to it, and um, it's going great. And, and, you, and you you know, it was, I, I even, I didn't mind. It was having fun until Kermit the Frog came on and shared a song. Now, some of you are saying, what? How could that be bad? Lovable old Kermit the Frog here. You know, but here's the song. Here's how it would go. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I am bored. I am bored. When we gonna get there? When we gonna get there? I'm so bored. And then Kermit would say, okay, kids, join us and let's sing it again. Oh no course i realize i just played the part of kermit for these kids right here (laughs) you're welcome parents Uh, you know sometimes distractions during our journey don't really help us i mean that's what even and the things we're doing as we're going through life sometimes we just Go off on distractions. Maybe not even sinful things or bad things. But we just kind of... Like I just want to take my mind off of it. Uh, and my problems and what I'm going through. Distractions are not always the answer. Focusing on distractions or instead focusing on the destination is. Focusing on the destination. Knowing that when you get to the end. It will have been worth the wait with Jesus. And that's what we would do with our kids. Listen. I know you get bored. But just... Just remember, we're, this time we're going to Disney World. And you remember the pictures we showed you. And you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that would just help to settle and to keep us being able going on, pressing on in the journey. I don't know if you caught this, but when we say it's worth the wait, that doesn't imply that we just sit there and wait on whatever God's going to do. If the wise men were going to experience. Worship. Of Jesus. Just sitting there and waiting. Way over there wasn't going to do them any good. We've got to press on. Now please don't misunderstand. While wait, waiting is something that's active and not Passive. It's not sitting there waiting for something to happen. Don't misunderstand and think that, therefore, what that means is we should be trying to make something happen because that's what gets us in trouble as well. It's not up to us. We are just to press on. We are journeying with Jesus, and in the right time, in the right place, he will make things happen as we press on. As a church, and for us as a family, we've been on a journey to where Jesus wants us to go. And now we feel like we have found God's church family for us and where he wants us to serve. And you, at least most of you have told me that, I feel like you found God's pastor and what he wants. And we're excited about that. But here's the thing. Let us not think that this means we have arrived at God's destination Don't make finding a pastor your final stop. If anything, God just stopped and picked me up and started us out to where He's taken us and our journey together. And while it may seems strange you've been waiting for a pastor all this time and it's happened. and 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 i am excited and happy i know many of you are but i will and it may sound strange to say this but i will say this and i'll probably say it again i am not the savior you have journeyed to see did you catch that i am not the savior you have journeyed to see this church already has a savior and He's so much more. And that's the one that our eyes, as we go on this journey together, must be focused on. On that Savior who said He would build His church in Matthew chapter 16. The same Savior who is going to do greater things in and through us. And while we have not reached our destination yet, I'm excited about what God is going to do. How can I say that? You know, I'm not saying I had some vision. I'm not saying anything. I just know that we can be excited about what God is going to do because of what He says in His Word. Now, to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus, now and forevermore. Forever and ever. Amen. I I, I don't know if you catch that up there. It says, God is able to do immeasurably more than not only all we ask, but than we imagine. Which means, what God is going to do in this journey together with Jesus, is more than he's ever done in the past at OCCA. Now that sounds like, wow, that's a bold statement. No, it right here. Since God's able to do more than we can imagine, is it hard to imagine what God did in the past here? I can imagine. I mean, I could even imagine that. I wasn't even here. God's going to do more than we can imagine. According to his power. Not ours, not anything about us, but according to his power. And that is the hope. In the destination of where he's taking us. It's going to be something more than whatever he has done. It's going to be a destination that will be worth the wait. Like Haggai chapter 2 verse 9. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace. Declares the Lord Almighty. So the first thing we need to do in whatever journey we're on. Is we need to just keep pressing on. But sometimes that's not enough. And those who are wise, we look at these wise men, sometimes we also need to keep pressing through. And in many ways, there are things that were probably going okay for the wise men all along until they reach Jerusalem. Verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. He called the people's chief priests and teachers of the law and asked them where the Christ was to be born. Now, we're going to assume that if these men really were wise men, that they were wise enough to know something's up here. I mean, you can probably catch that something was up with Herod, but even if they couldn't catch that something was up with Herod, all he had to do was the people all around them were disturbed. It says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. They were all disturbed, not because oh, there's a king and we're really concerned about our king. No, they were disturbed because their king's crazy. And they knew this was going to be not good. And surely the wise men picked up on something not right. Here they were. They stopped at Jerusalem and now they were stuck. They were stuck right here. In this kind of Detour. This dangerous curve on the road. But they needed... And they, they weren't able to keep pressing on in a sense, but they had to do something. It wasn't the usual trip at this point in time. What they needed to do was to press through the problem that they were facing. So for many of us, there are just comes a point in time where we're experiencing so many problems, and and we've experienced, we know what this is like. You get so many roadblocks that seem to be up before you that you've just stopped your journey. You've quit. You haven't quit life necessarily, but you quit doing what you know God wants you to do or where He wants you to go or what He wants you to be. We assume something must be wrong. Because all we get are hassles and problems. Something's got to be wrong. Because it feels like my life has just stopped. And nothing's happening. For some reason we think on God's highway, if we're on God's highway, there won't be any bumps There won't be any detours or roadblocks. Instead, it'll just be smooth, straight, flat road. And while it's true that God can do that, that is not usually the best road that God uses to bring about the best in us. How many of you know that? Yeah. You see, there are times when God's way will seem like a delay. But it's not. That delay is actually God's way. We need to realize that when we're giving up on the journey that God wants to take us through, when we give up on that journey, we're not just giving up on the journey, we're giving up on hope. We're giving up on the hope that at the end it will have been worth the journey that Jesus will have brought us through. If you think about the wise men and how they traveled all that distance, everything that they went through, and now here they were in Jerusalem, which they thought was their destination. They thought this is where they were supposed to be, but when they arrived there was no Jesus anywhere to be found. What were they going to do? Jesus wasn't anywhere. And initially nobody seemed to know anything about Him. The whole one, they traveled all these miles, everything they'd done. Now what? They just give up? Or do they press through this problem? Because it would have been a shame at that point in time as those, before they went into Herod, before we go on with the passage, before they went in there, it would have been a shame for them to have just said, you know what, we came here, we can't find them, nobody knows anything, it seems as we're talking about people, we're just going to turn around and go home. It would have been a shame because, as they were about to find out, Jesus was in Bethlehem, only six miles from the very spot they were standing in. They were so close. They were this close. And sometimes we are this close and we stop. And we either go off our own way or we just turn around and go back. We need to press through those times. To press through. When things go wrong, let's not just assume something must be wrong. Or that we're headed in the wrong direction. Uh, or even that ultimately it is us who are wrong. Uh, those who are hard on ourselves, that's what we do. Well, It must be something I did that's wrong. Or Now, please understand, if we're continuing willfully in sin in some way that is taking you off the path, and that is something wrong and that will get you in a wrong place in a wrong time and everything else. But sometimes it's really not about that. The reason God stopped the whole journey you're on is not because He had to pull the car over to discipline you. It's because God wants to teach you something. God wants to do something to you. God wants to prepare the way for what you are waiting on. And so it's time for us, in our patience, to graduate to perseverance. Perseverance. And to press through with the hope that ultimately nothing and no one is going to stand in the way of the will of the sovereign king of kings and lord of lords. And sometimes I don't think we really think that through. We think this problem, this person is going to stop God's will. The king of kings and lord of lords. So, let's keep pressing through. The last one is to be like those who are wise by keep, who keep pressing in. We get it that as we experience trouble, sometimes as we're pressing on, we need to press through, but sometimes even that, we have trouble. Part of the trouble is because we think, we're pretty sure we know what God's destination is where God wants to take us or what God wants to do in our lives. We're pretty sure we know. And when we have that destination down, for some reason we get a little too confident and we think we also know God's direction He wants to take us to get to that destination. You see, that's what got the wise men off course. They were in Jerusalem. Where was Jesus? In Bethlehem, right? Right? They went to Jerusalem because that only made sense. They had come to worship the king of the Jews. Where would you find the king of the Jews? But in the capital, Jerusalem. And where would you find him in the capital? But at the palace, which is where they went. They had followed the star all that way. And maybe they even thought that they were on the right way to the star because they looked up and... There's Jerusalem, and I could, the star is kind of right over there. Since I said Bethlehem's only six miles away, it may have looked that way from far away, but as you get closer, it would have been clear it wasn't. But the problem was, they started to go their own way, and the star seemed to... Th- things got cloudy. We don't know exactly how what's going on here, but it seems, in the way we read this, and we'll look at it in a moment, that the star just disappeared. It's told, But you... In verse 5, In Bethlehem and Judah they replied, For this is what the prophet was written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the man the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. said, Go make a careful search for the child. If you think about it, the wise men knew what the destination was to be. It was a journey to Jesus. They were so clear that they became so confident that they knew God's direction to this destination was Jerusalem. And they missed it just by that much. And yet, because they didn't know what to do next, they didn't know where to go, they might as well have missed it by a thousand miles. As we're pressing on, as we're pressing through to what God wants in our life, let's remember that there are times we need to press in to find out from Him the directions all along the way and what He wants so that we don't miss it. wise men, like the wise men, we can get wise in our own minds and think we know how God wants to do something. And we get ourselves off course. We get ourselves in trouble. We know how God has worked in the past, and so that must be the way God wants to do it right now. Or or we know how God has worked in my life, uh, and so as I'm talking to you in your journey, that's how He's got to work in your life. It just makes sense. And that's the problem. There's a way that seems right unto man, but in the end, it leads to death. It just makes sense, except that His ways are not our ways. His ways are higher than ours. Think about it this way. God's path rarely goes in a straight line. God's path for our lives rarely goes straight. In a straight line, and there can be a lot of things that will seem like detours. And the reality are, the reality is, those are the main route that God wants to take you on to His destination for your life. I think of that, and in the path that God led me on uh, to be a pastor, there are a lot of twists and turns. It's kind of like you go this way, then this way, and then back this way, this way, all over the place. You know, I didn't grow up in a Christian home and then go off to some uh, Christian college and just say, I'm going to be a pastor, and then here I am. Uh, Someday you'll hear those stories about how God did it. But it's all over the place. And I wouldn't trade any of those roads that he took me on. Because that is what prepared me to be the pastor that I am today. In fact, I wouldn't even be a pastor... Certainly not the pastor that I am for him if I had just decided to take the straight road and I could have When I was first saved I really had the sense that you know I I just want to put my hand to plow to not look back. I give want to give God everything I was the only one saved in my family to begin with the only one that came to Christ uh, And making that decision for him I could have just taken a straight line but when I look at how God has used me and how people talk about how God has done that, by taking that straight line, none of those things would have happened. None of those people would have been helped. None of those lives would have been changed. If it hadn't been for the fact that God's journey for me was all over the map to get to his destination, there is hope, it is worth it. The wise men, and just like the wise men, got their direction from God. We need to get not just the destination, but the direction. You see, they heard. Now, I know it says here, as we read, it says that Herod sent them to Bethlehem. But that's not really what, where they got the word that Jesus was in Bethlehem, was it? We re- I just read that earlier. They got it out of Micah 5, verse 2 that says God himself said where Jesus was to be born. In Bethlehem. So God, even though they'd gotten off, kind of going their own way to some degree, I mean, there's more to it than this, it's a little more complicated than that, but they kind of went their own way, God still directed them as they just stopped. In a sense, to press in, to hear God allow... His voice to come through the word to say, it's, it's Bethlehem, is where you need to go. You know, our soul waits for the Lord. Verse, uh, Psalm 33, verse 20. As we press into God's presence, we need to seek what He wants and the direction for our life. I think about this verse. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart is glad in Him because we trust in His holy name. Let the steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us even as we hope in You. And that could be a theme verse up there for many a journey. The wise men were just temporarily stopped in Jerusalem while the GPS was recalculating. Right, I mean, they kind of made this step, this direction, and so therefore, recalculating, right? The GPS, you know what that is? God's positioning system. All right? We've got to allow, press into his presence and allow God's positioning system to help us to know what, where, when, all that we are to do. He will give us directions. If we're willing to submit to that. Who's in control? Who's making the decisions? Who's in the driver's seat of your life? God will come through when we press in and let us know. He does not want his good, perfect, pleasing will to be a secret. And sometimes we act like it's, well, God's wanted a secret. i got to find out the secret. If this is his good, perfect, pleasing will from you, for you, he doesn't want to keep it from you. He wants to give it to you. We need not just to keep pressing on at times, but to press in and find from him what that is. Now, here's the exciting part. God really does want to help us to get there. Because what happens next is, Is the wise men, first of all, hear that Jesus is to be in Bethlehem, right? They know he's going to be in Bethlehem. But as we read in verse 9 here, After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed as if they hadn't seen it, that it had gotten cloudy, or I don't know what went on, but somehow they wouldn't see it. But now they could see this star, and they were overjoyed that they saw the star. And wait a minute, why did they need to see the star? I mean, I suppose it's nice no, God's still with it, but God's Word said Jesus was going to be in Bethlehem. And so when we read this, sometimes we think, okay, the star appeared over Bethlehem. No, it didn't. Or, I mean, it did, but... It was much more specific than that. Why would the star need to appear to direct them to Bethlehem? They already had the word of God tell them that they needed to go to Bethlehem, didn't they? They didn't need the star to tell them to go to Bethlehem. But what they... In fact, they could have just, like Herod said, make a careful search. Bethlehem wasn't that big of a town. This would be like sending someone back to pit hole, PA. I don't know how many have heard of that. I just heard of it recently. But, you know, it, it's it's not exactly a big place. It won't take long. Now, you're not going to find, Bethlehem, you're not going to find Jesus in a manger and a straw and all that kind of stuff. But think about it. It can't be take that long to go to each house and you're just looking for a child and it's going to be Christ and they're going to know. So they had direction. They had the direction from God to go to Bethlehem. It already was said they could have done it. They could have made, pressed on and pressed through. But God did so much more than that. He gave them the star back that went right over the place where Jesus was. He couldn't have made it any simpler. And yet we act like following God is hard. Press in. Press in. To his presence and hear from him. And to see the light that he wants to give each and every one of us. And know as we go through this that it is always worth the wait when we're journeying with Jesus. Psalm thirty-three twenty 20 says, Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 130, verse 5, I will wait for the Lord. My soul does wait. And in his word, I do hope. We need to keep in mind, it's not just a journey to Jesus, but all along the way, it needs to be a journey with Jesus, a journey with Jesus, pressing in with him. Uh, perhaps you're here today, and, and, and to talk about a journey with Jesus doesn't exactly... I mean, you kind of know, but if all we really experience is this story and everything else about this in just a religious way, And I've never really entered into a personal, vital, real relationship with Jesus. It's hard to understand to say that I'm journeying with Jesus. But if you know him personally, you know that he is Emmanuel. He is God with me every single moment of the day. And every place I go. And so when we're standing there or sitting there and all the problems in our life and the things that are happening and coming down upon us and we feel like, God, when are you going to come? When are you going to get me on from here? Where are you going to lead me? God, it's like I'm not hearing you, God. I don't know where you are. What's going on? God, please just somehow give me a sign. Somehow tell me well, what's going on here. I'm trying to journey through this. I'm trying to press on. I'm trying to press through, uh, through this to get to where you want me to go. But where are you, God? And he says, I'm right here. That's one of the things in this process, I don't know for you as a church, but for me in that process of seeking where God wanted me to pastor... One of the things I had to learn in waiting was it's not waiting for God. I wasn't to be waiting for God to tell me or to do something. My waiting was to be with God. He was right there. Through the problems, through the detours, through the the, the roadblocks, my journey was with Jesus. Your journey. It, it puts a whole new perspective on a trip. When you're having to wait for something. Whether it's a long trip. Or, or you're just, let's say you're waiting in line. It makes a difference if you got somebody that you like. Sitting, standing there in line with you, doesn't it? Even if it's a long time, at least you got somebody with you. Guess what? You can have somebody with you in whatever it is you're going through. It helps the wait go a little easier. What really helps it is recognizing that in the end, any journey with Jesus will be worth the wait. Psalm Psalm 39, verse 7, And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. In just a moment, what we're going to do is have the opportunity to come, in a sense, to press in to God's presence in communion. To, to be. Again, He's with us here and He's within us, but there's a sense that there's something special about this. But we're going to ask that the, uh, the worship team come. We're going to lead us in a song. And, and really for you to think about where God has you. And whether you need to recommit yourself to press on. To press through some problem that you're going through. Or maybe all that's needed is just to press in. Even right here. To come before him. The journey that the wise men took. Ultimately ended up. In worship to Jesus. And that's where this. Service this morning is ending up. And worship to Jesus. They brought their gifts, they brought themselves to Him today. As we look at these elements and remember what Jesus, in a sense, brought to us. Let's bring to him our all. Father, I pray that you'd help us in this. Prepare our hearts to meet you at your table, Jesus. for those who are struggling on their journey, for those who may have have stopped and just quit, or maybe even just turned around what you want, God, I pray that you would give them the hope to know that it will be worth the way with you. They could press on, press on, and press, press through whatever it is. If we just press in just pressing, help us right now. Speak to us even in this.